Hello, it's Caroline, and I'm here to tell you that the episode you're about to listen to was recorded a long time ago, back when I used Patreon, back when I ran lots of different workshops and programs that I do not run anymore, and back before the Fuck It Diet book. So if I refer to any of these obsolete offerings while you're listening, just know that even though my Patreon and other programs don't exist anymore, you can find helpful resources by going to thefuckadiet.com slash more. You can also read the beginning of the Fuck It Diet book for free from my site. Lastly, this podcast is extremely messy. And it was actually intentionally messy and unstructured because that was the only way I could inspire myself to start and continue this podcast. I needed the lowest stakes possible. And though this podcast remains very low budget and has remained messy throughout the years until now, if you want slightly more structured and streamlined episodes, listen to the more recent episodes. All right, enjoy. Welcome to the Fuck It Diet Radio. I've been so good about podcasting regularly, on a schedule, and doing it way ahead of time, so I'm not down to the wire, except this time. I'm recording the night before. Tonight is the Bachelor finale. Time has run away from me. I have to get this done quickly before The Bachelor airs. I hate The Bachelor, but I'm a slave to it, and it's the finale, and I've invested invested so many hours that I have to see it through. It's just miserable. Anyway, my name is Caroline Dooner. I am your host and the creator of The Fuck It Diet. Today, I'm going to be reading a new post for you called Eating Disorders versus Yo-Yo Diets, and then I'm going to be answering some podcast insider questions. If you want to ask questions for this podcast, you can go over to patreon.com slash carolinedooner, and for as little as $1 a month, you can join in on this fun. So without further ado, let's go. We are a culture of yo-yo dieters. So many of us try to stick to diets only to find ourselves binging, then restricting even more, then binging again and restricting more. Yo-yo all over the place. Our eating is all over the place. Our weight is all over the place. Our sanity is all over the place. And we feel totally out of control with food. So why does this happen? Why do so many of us seem to have such terrible willpower when it comes to what we put in our mouths? It comes down to the very fundamental biological mechanism. Your body does not want you to restrict food at all. In fact, when you restrict even just a small amount, your body responds with more fixation of food, irritability, higher stress hormones, slower metabolism and digestion, less energy, holding on to more weight, and binging, and it's all for your survival. The binge is your body purposely forcing you off of your diet. But because we still assume that our diet is the best thing for us, we turn around and try to restrict even harder, and then we fail even harder, and that's the yo-yo. And here's the thing that people never really realize. Chronic yo-yo dieting is disordered. And since eating disorders are a spectrum, the yo-yo diet is on that spectrum. No, it's not necessarily anorexia or bulimia, though since yo-yo diets often include binging, there are many yo-yo dieters who believe that they have binge eating disorder, which mostly, really, just is a biological response to physical restriction. 
Instead of letting ourselves eat, refeed, and heal, we keep dieting harder. And that continued mental fixation on food and weight loss is where we perpetuate this disordered eating. And it gets even worse. And this also means that there are way more eating disorders and disordered eaters than we think there are. And they go undiagnosed because we've been taught how normal it is to obsess over food and losing a few. We think it's normal to live in a chronic binge repent cycle for the rest of our lives, blaming ourselves endlessly for our lack of willpower and having the topic dominate our conversations with other women. Um, I guess, honestly, we don't always think it's normal. We think there's something wrong with us. We just don't understand why the dysfunction is happening, that we're actually perpetuating it. And those conversations with other women look like, well, I gained weight. Oh, me too. No, you look tiny. Oh, well, thanks. I would do anything to not be obsessed with crackers. Tomorrow I'm going to be so good. And on and on and on and on. What's important to remember is that our cultural obsession with a tiny body is relatively new. And our cultural relationship to food is also new. Never did we treat food with such judgment and obsession. Never before did we abstain from arbitrary foods based on ever-changing fads. Never before did we pray to be able to walk away from the table hungry. Never before would this kind of feeding and eating have made any sense. Even though this way of eating is now extremely common, it's still disordered. And our bodies are having none of it. Our bodies are not having it. We also believe that the only way to have an eating disorder is to be emaciated. Meaning, we think that it's only an eating disorder if we are very, very tiny, but that is not true. You can be thin, middle ground, or very fat and be suffering from a restrictive eating disorder. The difference here is that if you're living in a bigger body and you have an eating disorder, the disorder will be praised because we are so confused about health and taking care of ourselves and how weight works into that. And I really, really hope that in the coming years, we can start to have a different dialogue about health and food that is not so black and white and I hope we can move into a place that is a lot more supportive of bi- different body types and understanding weight science even more and that a nourishing and intuitive version of eating can res- replace this restrictive madness. I end the post by reiterating that if you are suffering suffering wow my brain if you're suffering from an eating disorder and you know you're suffering from an eating disorder that is out of control to you and you're not right on that spec that you know beginning spectrum of just chronic dieting and, and yo-yo eating please seek treatment the fuck a diet is geared towards yo-yo and chronic dieters not extreme restrictive eating disorders the fuck a diet will never stand in place of treatment and this is simply just a supplement and is not specifically geared towards anorexia Check out the Eating Disorder Institute, which is geared more towards eating disorders and is very fuck a diet friendly. So there you have it. There's the post. And I, I, you know, I've said it a million times before. I say very, very similar things in slightly different ways over and over again 
because that's how many times people need to hear it before it sinks in. So let's move over to Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Caroline Dooner. That's my name. You knew that probably. Okay, so over on the community tab, what I actually need to do is go in order, right? So, uh, okay. So the first question is from Rosa. And she says, hi, Caroline, I love your podcast. Thank you for your courage to talk about this stuff. You're welcome. In the beginning, I used a pen name because I didn't want anyone to know it was me and I didn't want my family to know. So courage, courage uh, happened over the long, the long haul. Okay. One thing that came to mind, which feels connected to eating and restriction is sleeping. I've done years of work on improving my sleep, having sleep, getting rid of insomnia and sleeping anxiety. I'm like, did you hear that? Sleeping. <laughs> what is wrong with me? I think I'm dehydrated, honestly. I really do. I said sleeping anxiety. Okay, I'm going to go get water and then I'll be back. All right, I'm back with a full glass of water. Let's keep going. Sleeping anxiety. At least that is how I call it. What? Now I'm confused. <laughs> Okay, she said, I have done years of work on improving my sleep, having sleep, getting rid of insomnia, and sleeping anxiety. <laughs> what the heck? See, the word after anxiety is at, so maybe that's... Okay, I'm just going to move on. This is not Rosa. This is, this is me. I'm having some sort of, like, issue. Okay, I have always had... A tendency to stay awake longer. I used to have a rhythm that is evening active. I'm an artist and my job is creative, therefore my mind is easily excited. I um, totally um, relate to all of this personally. Okay. At some point my body and nervous system were really exhausted and that resulted as having trouble sleeping. Okay, Rosa uh first language is not English which is also <laughs> but I added a letter still like it's like I'm weirdly like <laughs> I don't know what's happening to me okay she said I was super tired but I just couldn't fall asleep therefore studying health and sleep everywhere comes this certain message go to sleep at 10 p.m wake up early your hormones will go insane because I get super anxious if I have to sleep right my life is now based on the rhythm and that just happens to be I usually it usually takes me time to fall asleep and early mornings usually stress me subconsciously so my sleep is more frantic this is very I I experience this I very much understand this I also find this fear of not sleeping enough inside me it is not as bad as it used to be but it's still in the back of my mind I guess my question is what are your thoughts around sleeping sleeping rhythm and the usual health rules given around that even though I am on my way to recovery, I would still be happy to receive any tips on how to relax the stress over sleep. Yay. I don't know if this is related. Yes, it's definitely related and I definitely relate. Um, first big thing is eating enough food will help your sleep. It just will. It just will. So prioritize that. Secondly, I totally understand this vicious cycle. It's like you start, you have bad sleep, so you have stress over the bad sleep and the stress actually makes your sleep bad so it's really miserable I know it very well um I 
I, my natural doctor has me on melatonin every night and she thinks that that's good for the brain. I've heard both things, but I trust her and I really love her. Obviously talk to your doctor, but melatonin could be something that's really helpful because if you're out of rhythm, it can be a helpful way to get you back in a rhythm. I definitely don't think you need to go to bed at 10 p.m. I'm sure that it's good for some things. In my in like my fantasy life, I go to bed at like 11.45 and wake up at like 9. Um, I def I really do understand. I, I go to sleep late. I wake up sort of like mid-morning um, because I can. And if you can, then just let it, just, just let that be. You know, if you don't have to wake up early, just let your sleep schedule be what it is right now. Make sure you get plenty of food. Um, it's really hard to sleep when you are underfed. Um, so just definitely, I don't know where you are in your journey, but just understand that that is a big part of it. My sleep is so much better now than it used to be before the fuck it diet. I definitely still go through phases. I I am a light sleeper. I know it's like genetic for me. My dad is the same way. I really have come around to prioritizing things in my life, you know, and this has a lot to do with the fuck it diet too. All this all the energy work stuff, but breathing exercises yoga nidra meditations I've started to get into that and I definitely will be sharing more and more of that in the work that I do with people but ways to really calm down the nervous system during the day not doesn't even have to be right before bed can help sleep it can help get your body into a place that is more able to sleep um Basically, I do a lot of work on limiting beliefs with people, and so I think that that could be a really good thing to kind of lean into the stress that you already have in your body about having bad sleep. Um, Currently, at this very moment, the way that I teach that is through Fucketeer Academy, which is over at thefuckitdiet.com slash fucketeer, but you can look up EFT, which is a tapping technique to help you kind of work through some of the stress around sleeping. I think that that's something that could be very helpful. Um, Having some sort of, some sort of breathing or guided meditation. I really, really love yoga nidra and I would look into that if I were you. Just a little 20 minute lie down, listen to guided yoga nidra meditation can get your body into more of a parasympathetic state which is out of the fight or flight state that will help your that will help your sleep on the you know in the big picture because that's so much I think I think people with I speak from personal experience on insomnia and I it's definitely chemical and it can be hormonal and all this stuff which is also why eating is so important but um living in a very in a chronic stress state is going to keep your body and mind just overstimulated at night. So understanding how important it is to come back into the body, to breathe, to process the stress, even the stress about sleep. Talk to your doctor, maybe take some melatonin and what's the other thing I said? Oh, make sure that you're eating enough because that will help you're calm essentially I hope that that's helpful I definitely relate though it's it's like the worst it's like a prison of your own mind and I've been there 
and my sleep is way better these days, but it's been all of this stuff that I've slowly applied to my life that's really helped. So I hope that it helps you too. And you can let me know what you think in the comments on Patreon. Okay, next question. <laughs> okay, Kara says, do you have any good resources where I could research more about this parasite business? Okay, she's responding to me and my nutritionist friend are holding an anti-diet parasite party I like to call it a parasite party she called it a parasite challenge it's six weeks we're taking herbs we both have seen actual worms in our stool after taking herbs and we're taking people who think that they have some chronic health stuff that could be related to this through this thing we're doing it with our natural doctor she's a guest teacher blah 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 I have not been advertising it obviously to the fuck a diet on mass because it's kind of weird and like I I really don't want it to be triggering even though it's totally anti-diet and we are very strongly weight neutral and very not purity obsessed and not orthorexic this can kind of start to get into that world and so I'm very very careful about who I share it with however the truth of the matter is I definitely have had parasites, legit worms, intestinal worms. I had no digestive issues. I did not think that this possibly was a thing when I started working with this doctor again, my melatonin doctor. And the more things she had to support my immune system, blah, blah, blah. They also killed parasites. So I started seeing them and then I started to blah, 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 blah. So they're real and more people have them than they think. That's what I believe. Um, because we can get reinfected all of the time. So there is a book that she recommended to me, but here's the problem, and here's why my friend Alexis and I are holding the program anyway. I'm not even advertising the program right now because it's already running. So I'm not trying to get you to join, but I am trying to answer this question in a very honest uh, way without talking about intestinal worms for 20 minutes. She, my doctor recommended a book called, I believe it's called the, the, oh darn it, what was it called? Okay, I just looked it up. It's called The Accidental Cure. However, I do not necessarily, I, okay, if you're going to read it, you have to be able to keep your diet bullshit goggles on because like all alternative things, they also advocate diet as a way to cure or heal things there's a lot of diet fear-mongering out there which is why I think it's so important to be in a good place with your body image and your relationship to food and your fear of impurity or whatever before you start going down these sort of like (laughs) alternative health routes which is why Alexis and I held this program because we specifically wanted to guide people from our perspective with the help of our doctor, with a very, very anti-diet lens, which is very rare in the chronic infection parasite healing world, even though I think it is so important because you can't starve yourself. You can't starve out infections like this because you just starve yourself. There's no way to starve out infections. You have to Look at the whole picture, man. It's about resiliency. It's about supporting your body to do its thing, whatever. That's as far as into into parasites I'm going to go right now. I wish that there was extensive um, 
literature on it that I could share with you. And maybe there is, and I'll come across it and I'll share it when I find it. But that book, The Accidental Cure, is about this doctor that started treat. I didn't even read it because I opened it and I was like, ugh, diet stuff. And I just like gave it away. But um, it's about this doctor who was treating patients for parasites over he was like a military doctor and they were overseas and he was treating them for parasites and all of their other health problems started to clear up so he was finding how much of a co-infection and a hindrance on healing parasites were and then he started giving it to all of his patients and it started healing them of all these sorts of things so I have not read the book I cannot personally condone it it has diet stuff in it So I don't know if you want to read it, but that's my answer to your question. And yeah, so much of what I'm doing now, now that I'm really normal and um, healed with food and body stuff, I am now doing little forays into the healing world and doing it with my anti-diet lens. And I'm sure that in the future, a lot of my work will be sharing what I've learned about that. But I'm sort of in the thick of it right now. So that's just how it is. I can only share a little snippets because that's all I have for you. Okay, next question. And of course, I, I welcome your feedback or follow-up questions because I'm sure you have some. Um, but yeah, I could talk about parasites for like so long, but who wants that? Okay, so Taylor said, hey, Caroline, what would you do? How would you go about mindless, in quotations, eating that isn't really so mindless? For example, um, I spent years with screwed up eating and I've come a long way in that instead of losing control and binging, I actually decided to just allow myself to munch away, in quotes, guilt-free until I've had enough. Mini eggs, chocolate, ice cream, mini eggs. <laughs> I've come a long way in that this used to be followed with debilitating guilt and then I would eat until I felt extremely sick. I no longer eat these things until I feel sick, but I will eat quite a few handfuls of, say, mini eggs. <laughs> I'm assuming these are like little chocolate eggs, not actually like mini like quail eggs, to the point where I feel I should be guilty as I can't, is it can't be healthy, LOL. I'm trying to not think about it as that feels like mental restriction. And any type of negativity puts me into real binging. But it's not true hunger leading me to these snacks, possibly more mental hunger or my inner rebel just checking to see if I'll restrict it. I guess I don't know how to word my question. I feel concerned about this eating. What would you do? I'm trying to allow and just hope it normalizes. I'm generally active and breastfeeding. I just feel like it's a lot of sugar. Okay, I love how people will just follow up with, I'm breastfeeding. You need so much food and sugar when you're breastfeeding and generally active. You, I, what I would do, especially at this point, is trust that I need the sugar. If I am wanting it and eating it and then stopping, you know, like at a certain point without, you know, just because I feel like stopping, that's normal eating. And especially if you're in the beginning of 
I mean, I don't know how far you are. Before I knew that you were generally active and breastfeeding, I was going to tell you that it was like totally fine and normal and that I don't know how far along you are. But um, for a while, you know, eating all the food is really normal and it just naturally tapers into something that is clearly you know healthy and supportive and better like you already can tell that your eating is better and there's no less binging or no binging um and that's only going to continue it only gets more and more and more neutral as i say meaning at a certain point when you've been allowing yourself to eat mini eggs mini chocolate eggs um for a year or two or three you're just not going to care about mini eggs unless you have a specific craving or hankering or they're there and you're like, oh, I love these. I miss these. And then you'll naturally stop as you're already doing and it's just not a big deal. Um, I have a lot of posts recently about in defense of sugar and so I recommend that you check that out again uh, just to remind yourself that you need it. It's like fast, easy fuel for your body. Your body knows what it's doing. Um, yeah, especially if you're active in breastfeeding. Like I know, I know what you're doing with your mind. It's very normal. It's what people go through on the fuck a diet. They're like, I'm not guilty about this, but I, I'm still guilty about this. It's, it's still mental restriction. And I understand you're eating a lot of candy. And so you're telling yourself that it can't possibly be good for you, but you're not binging on it anymore. You are really active in breastfeeding. And so you need a lot of food. And I, um, yeah, I mean, obviously I do lots of energy work on the stress and beliefs that are attached to all the, you know, the resistance around this. And I definitely recommend, I recommend that to everybody, but essentially what I would do is I would enjoy the mini eggs. And I have a feeling that that is the answer that you were looking for. So enjoy them. And the next question is hi caroline i love your podcast especially when you sing oh i don't sing anymore on here <laughs> that's nice to hear i have a question regarding metabolism and set point and those recovering from eating disorders versus those recovering from yo-yo dieting i understand that your metabolism can be lowered and your set point raised by yo-yo dieting but is this the same for someone who has been consistently a low weight for years due to a restrictive eating disorder for example can your set point and metabolism be broken and also fixed in the same way no matter which path you're recovering from um again my my disclaimer is i really am not qualified to work with restrictive eating disorders though obviously just by the nature of the bucket diet i do uh, teach people with restrictive eating disorders because it is a spectrum and the line is not clear uh yes it's a very similar thing and uh everybody has a different thing that happens in their body some people really really you know the there you know people use the word overshoot question uh in quotes and i don't use that because it it kind of implies that there's 
you know, a right weight to be, but the concept is that you'll, especially in recovering from eating disorders, but also the same thing with yo-yo dieting, you eat and you're, it's the famine thing where your body is going to keep on as much weight as it needs to, to feel, to not only feel safe and that there's enough food and enough fuel, actually stored fuel, um, to begin to, you know, speed up your metabolism, but also to actually repair your system. It needs all of that. And that fat, I just read this thing. Um, let me find it. And everyone should follow Fiona Willer on Instagram and also sign up for her stuff because she does a lot of stuff, um, a lot of weight science posting, which is so helpful on this journey to just keep reading all of the scientific reasons why um, we should be eating and letting ourselves have weight. What did she post? She said, where is this? Oh, fat body cells are motile cells, modal cells, enabling them to migrate to wounds to undertake several local functions needed to drive wound repair and prevent infections. So to repair the body after, you know, years of famine which breaks down the body it actively breaks down tissue and you know everything is is being broken down just to keep you alive fat is restorative so just to answer your question yes um you can ruin your metabolism by having an eating disorder and you can fix it there's no other way to fix it other than eating and gaining weight. So that's really as much as I'm going to say because everybody has a different experience. Some people gain weight and they stay at the weight that they gain to. Some people don't really gain much weight, but they do gain some weight. Some people gain weight and then over time their body feels like it can come back down to somewhere in the middle. It really is different for everyone, and I know that that's a a tough pill to swallow for me not to be able to tell you exactly what's going to happen to you, but there really is nothing that I can say except that the only way to heal your metabolism is to eat and rest and let your weight do what it will do, and I know that that seems like it can't possibly be healthy, but it is. It's the only thing that you can do to become healthy. And, um, and yes, so that's my answer. And I hope that that was helpful. I don't know if it was, but I hope that it was. Somebody also sent me a message, which I'm going to see. Oh, this is interesting. I'm going to, I'm going to read this because I think it'll speak to some people, but Emma said, Hey, I just joined the energy work Patreon group. So For $10 a month, you can get monthly energy work from me. And she said, and I'm having a bit of a problem. I feel like I'm not allowed to eat unless I'm completely grounded, which is hard for me to do. Now, I a lot of the energy work that I do is feeling what it feels like in your body, coming back into your body. That's this concept of being grounded. She said, I know I'm being too careful and precious with it, but I also know I should be trying to ground myself all the time. Not really sure what to do 
or how or if I should try to let this go? So the answer is let it go because that's a diet. (laughs) The only eat one grounded diet. Yes, ideally we are always living in our bodies and we're always fully feeling what's happening and processing emotions and stress in real time, but that's a lot to ask. So just work on that and separately eat and eventually they will start to speak to each other more and more and more and you'll be living your life grounded more and more and more. And that's really all that you can ask of yourself because other than that, you're going to be doing this weird restrictive thing with eating because you're not grounded enough and it's going to cause stress. And there's just, that's that's perfectionism talking. Anytime that you get stressed about not doing something perfectly, it means that it needs to be let go. And it's going to happen. It's like, it still happens to me in other areas of my life. But um, yes, it's a sign. As soon as you're stressed about not doing something perfect, it's a sign that there's control issues flaring up and it's something that we need to lower the stakes on because it's just the stress that comes along with it is just not worth it. And it's bad for you. It's like actually bad for your body. So, and then of course, then people start getting stressed about getting stressed, which is just pointless, of course. And so lower the stakes. You know, if you're going to get stressed, get stressed. It's fine. It's like we can get into a cycle where we're just always stressed that we're going to get stressed. And that obviously is not the answer either because that's still stress. So just fuck it. Go like, go sit in a sauna go sit in the bath. I used to hate baths, guys. I hated baths. I thought they were so like uncomfortable. And they still are if it's too hot because you're just like sweating and you can't do anything with your hands. But I've really come to appreciate them. And I think I might go take a bath before The Bachelor. I think that's what I'm going to do. The last thing I want to say is I have meetings in New York with publishers this week and my book has already has a deal or an offer in Brazil. So if you live in Brazil, you will definitely be able to read my book, but it's going to, I mean, I'm going to sell it in the U S and UK and everything too, but and other places too, hopefully. Um, oh, I just I just got a oh, text from my agent. Okay, she just said that she liked my new picture, so it doesn't matter, whatever. Um, so yeah, so it's all happening. I know it's slow. It's felt if it's felt if my book situation has felt slow to you, it's felt a hundred million times slower to me. But hopefully there'll be good news soon and I can actually start sharing details, etc, etc. Also, guys, I just updated my site with new pictures, which is really fun. I also added a page of links to science and studies. It's the fuckadiet.com slash science. <laughs> because people, somebody actually commented on this podcast that they thought that it was like really surface and not enough details. But that's just the way that this is. Like I... I translate science for myself and the layperson. Like, I just don't speak in chemistry. So, 
that's just the way it is. But it did inspire me to put up the page to be like, this is the science. If you want the science, read it. But let me go back to explaining things the way I explain things. And the other thing I did is I made an archive of all of my posts that I've ever posted. And that's at thefuckadiet.com slash archives. And if you go on my site, you'll also see all my new pictures of me sitting and lying in my bed eating cake and cheese. <sighs> it was fun. It was really fun. Um, I never want to do a photo shoot that is not in my bed again. And other than that, if you like this podcast and you want to give it a five-star review and not a four-star review that says I don't share enough science, <laughs> you can go over to iTunes and leave her. Oh, there's also a new, there's new artwork. Do you see that? I totally forgot to share that, but there's new artwork. It's me lying in my bed. And iTunes, you can leave a review and I will be so grateful. It really does help get the podcast out there in front of other people. It helps bump it up in the search and algorithm. So I'm very, very thankful to anybody who supports the podcast that way. Thank you for listening. Thank you for putting up with my brain today. Thank you for still accepting me, even though I'm insane and I have been watching The Bachelor. But I think I'll come back to reality maybe next week after I read all of the recaps and spend hours on Twitter reading uh, all of the funny memes. You got to do what you got to do, right? Got to keep yourself sane while you're selling your book and everything is up in the air. Thank you for listening. Thank you for taking this crazy journey on the fuck a diet. I promise that it's worth it. And I will see you in two weeks. Goodbye.